This morning, um, we're going to begin a study in the book of Philippians. So turn to Acts chapter 16. Um, we, we are going to uh, study the book of Philippians, but I, I wanted to walk through the uh, Acts chapter 16 uh, because that provides the backdrop of uh, the church at Philippi. And uh, as we look at the church of Philippi, Philippi being a city, a place, um, we're in a place here. We're in Tehachapi, which is so funny. I was I was laughing this last week. We met with uh, Jimmy and Emily Boyd, and we're talking about taking a trip or a couple of trips, actually, uh, this summer uh, to go be a blessing to them. And uh, they're supported by this church right here and then Country Oaks in town. And uh, Country Oaks has sent a team and they're sending a couple more or a couple of long term interns, maybe another team. And we're thinking of sending a couple teams and and they're in the middle, you know, Southeast Asia, you know, uh, kind of a place that doesn't get many people, many Christians at all that they even know that they would be able to touch. And then they don't meet any Americans. And so I just thought it would be funny that uh, all these people that they're going to meet, they're going to say, well, where are you from? We're from the United States, from Tehachapi. And they're going to get this picture that, you know, there's New York, L.A., Tehachapi. Those are the three biggies, you know. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, just a city. Philippi, just a city. And, um, and we are just a city, a small place, insignificant. Uh, um you know, nobody's going to think Tehachapi's great. No one's going to think of Bear Valley Springs and go, you know, what? talk about the best city in the whole world or best town or whatever you call it, township, uh, um, bump on a you know, map. You know, we're not most significant, but we are a place, a place uh, that has people, a place that has a church. And so um, if we can kind of connect what, um, God was saying through Paul to the church at Philippi and then connect it to our um, local setting here. I think it'd be helpful for us. Um, the book of Philippians is a challenge uh, for a church to joyfully serve, to joyfully serve. Uh, come to know Christ and now it's uh, encouragement to joyfully serve. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, as I think about what our church needs, our church needs is more joy, more joy in serving, in serving. Um, most of us are pretty hard workers. Um, most of us make it just fine in this life. Uh, we have enough energy to get up and go and do and accomplish. Uh, but is it joyful service to the Lord. Um, and I really want to connect that as we go through the uh, book of Philippians uh, to our setting here, that there was joyful service to him. Um, the other thing that I think we'll really gain from our time in the book of Philippians is most of these letters in the New Testament are to churches to help them figure out what it is they're supposed to be doing as a church. Um, I think that's so difficult sometimes because uh, we would compare ourselves to other people just in our community 
Or we'd compare ourselves to other organizations. And we'd say, well, it's all about the number of people, how much money, and how much dust we can make, right, um, in doing. The, the, these are the things that make success. And God doing something different, God doing something different, uh, he is going to encourage us to do things differently. And really the big word um, that you can think through is change. Going from what you used to be to what now, uh, what God has desired for us. This morning is going to be a bit of a challenge. I'm going to do the whole chapter of chapter 16 and uh, we'll be out in time for the Super Bowl, I promise. Um, <laughs> nachos afternoon, right. Um, I want to go through this and just help you. And if you have an expensive Bible and it has maps in the back, you might want to turn to Paul's missionary journeys. Uh, that might be helpful. We were cheapskates. I looked. I looked earlier, and the the pew Bible doesn't even have any maps. Like, what kind of church doesn't have any maps? You should pull down or something. So, anyways, um, this morning I want you to get in your mind that Paul took missionary journeys. He he went from place to place to place with the purpose of God to uh, share the gospel, to go and, and to share uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. And as he went, um, he really journals uh, his stories of what he is doing and uh, the reception he got in every place in the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts, if you can think about this, you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are the story of Jesus. They're the good news of Jesus. That, that's what he did on this earth. And at the end of that, it transfers from what Christ had done here on this earth to now the establishing of the church. And some have even said uh, that the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, but really could be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit or the working out of God's plan to establish his church. And as you see the book of Acts, you realize uh, that Peter and Paul are instrumental in, in the establishing of the church. And the church is this interesting thing. If you study history, it's like a match that Jesus sparked as he left behind. And it just continues to go out. It just continues to go out throughout the whole world. Um, the flame of the gospel, the the, the starting of churches and local places and the learning of languages and them hearing the, the gospel in their own languages. Uh, this is what's happening throughout the whole world. And um, I want to I want to tell you, uh, as we begin our study, uh, Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And he's the, the hope for the entire world. Uh, for the entire world. Where every little... Every little place throughout uh, this world, Jesus is the answer for them. And I, I want to tell you that's offensive culturally uh, to those areas, but as, uh, as well in our country right now. The idea of saying that there's one answer for the world uh, is an offensive message. And you'll see as... Um, Paul shares that to the church at Philippi or to the city of Philippi, uh, mixed, mixed results and rich responses. Okay. So, uh, 
Acts chapter 16. I just, I'm going to start reading and I'll make comments as we go um, this morning. Uh, 16 verse 1 says this, Paul came also to Derbe and, and to Lystra. The disciples there, uh, there was a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them uh, for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. And then it says this, verse 5, So the churches were strengthened in faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Okay? Um, You're going to get a picture as we look at Acts, this chapter, really what the church is all about. It's about it's about Adding to their numbers, not having a greater crowd, but that more people would believe, more people would believe in Jesus, and that they would be strengthened in their faith. And strengthened in their faith goes like this, that uh, they would know what they believe, they would not be swayed to and fro, they would serve one another more, and they would be following in God's path, the sharing of the gospel. Uh, throughout uh, their area. And so you see in verse 5, uh, that's really what happened in the missionary journeys of Paul. Um, and I would say it this way, uh, for us to take a missionary journey, this is what we should be doing. These two things. Uh, the the idea of the sharing of the gospel and the strengthening of the faith of those who live in a particular area. That's the work of the Lord, very simply put. Um, what should we be doing as a church? These are the things that we should be doing. Sharing the gospel to those who need to know, who don't know, and then the strengthening of the faith of those who are believers uh, in this world. Uh, there's a weakness that's built in to being attacked in this world that uh, should cause us to be, um hate to use this word, intentional, um, but this idea that we are really uh, think about it all the time, that how can I encourage one another? How, how can I? You should think about that on Sunday morning as you come. You know, why do I need to go to church? Because I need to encourage somebody today. Someone's discouraged at church. I need to get get to them. God, I, God, I hope you send them to me. I hope that I can see them. I hope that as I'm reaching for that snack from the snack table, they're right there in front of me. And I could take the opportunity to encourage them, to remind them. Um, these are, are the things that the church uh, is supposed to be about. That's what a, a goal of the church is. As you see down in verse 6, we see the Macedonian call. Um, and it says this, And they went through the region of... I can't pronounce that. I tried a million times. You pronounce it however you want to. Um, Angalatia. Angalatia. Uh, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they uh, they had come up uh, to Mysia, uh, they attempted to go into Bithynia, by the Spirit, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, uh, they went down to Troas. 
what I want you to hear there is uh, no, 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 no. Um, and <clears throat> when you hear no, how do you feel? bunch of stubborn people here, you know, they don't want to even admit to it. They're so proud. Um, uh, I, most of the time we say, I am going fill in the blank. There's no if, ands, or buts. This is what I'm doing. This is my plan. This is what's going to happen. Um, and, and, you know, we should smile at one another when we talk so boldly, right? Uh, because uh, you might be, uh, James, the book of James says, if the Lord should will, I'll go to such and such city and do this and that, right? Uh, only if the Lord should will. Uh, and you look at this passage and Paul, he had some ideas and they had uh, kind of a plan, a missionary plan before them. And it says that they were thwarted, that the Holy Spirit said, no, no, this idea. And I, I just want to tell you that it's important for us to remember I hope uh, that you're a person of goals. I hope that you're decisive and hardworking and that if there's a little bit of resistance that you would persevere. But make sure you remember this, that sometimes your plans are just wrong. They're just wrong. They may not be sinful wrong, but they may not be what God is doing. And so the thing that you want to do most of all is get in step with what he's doing and follow along in his plan because his plans, his, his plan's going to work <laughs> as opposed to our plans. Uh, but also his plans are good and they're good for you. Uh, and they will be thrilling in the end to follow after him. Okay. So, so you see that uh, he uh, had been told no, no, no. And then um, it says in verse nine, it says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man, of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, uh, we, he says, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And we see that as a Macedonian call that God had spoke clearly to Paul in calling him to Macedonia, which is the region and Philippi is a part of that region, okay? Uh, is a city within that region. Um, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this, that uh, he, he got the answer, no, 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 and then was yes. And then was yes. Um, and in so saying yes, that God said, I, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. Um, it's kind of hard for us to get our head around because you're going to see uh, the reception in Philippi too. And most of us uh, think that God works in the path of least resistance. If it's easy, if it's easy, it must be God. It must be God, you know. Um, I was searching for the Lord's will uh, the other day and I was laying in bed and I was asking him, I said, Lord, if you um, throw me out of bed right now, I will get up. And you say, well, the Lord must have not wanted me to get out of bed this morning because I'm not jumping out of bed. And like, if he really wanted me, he could do it. Uh, he could do it, by the way. Uh, but all those options don't seem like ones that would be. I, I'd rather uh, 
uh, follow his lead instead of being thrown out of bed. Anyways, but but you can see what I'm saying here is that that his uh, no, no, no came to be a yes. And so maybe as you look out in the future with that, you might say, well, he had that vision. He had that vision that he was supposed to go and help the people in Macedonia. Uh, well, you're going to see that his, uh, re, you know, his reception there wasn't all pretty. And, and when, when you think about that, you think, well, maybe God didn't want me to be here. If everyone didn't throw a parade, uh, if everything didn't work out well, if it wasn't financially beneficial, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have gone. Um, I want to warn you against that. So it's, no, 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 yes. Uh, and he goes to Macedonia and he's excited to immediately, uh, he sought to go to Macedonia. But I, I want you to see something else here in verse 10 at the end. This is concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Preach the gospel to them. What can I bring to the city? What can I bring that would be helpful to them? Um, all felt needs of better housing, better food, better family, all those things, and we talked about this, I think, last week, all those things pale in comparison to knowing Jesus, to knowing Jesus, to having your sins forgiven. And Paul was focused. He realized what they needed was not better marriages. What they needed was not better, you know, home life and family life, not better finances, not even better uh, homes that they could build and better economies. Uh, all those things paled in comparison that they would know Jesus. And so as he went, he realized he went with a singular purpose to preach about Jesus, the good news about him. And I want to encourage you um, to use any and every method uh, as you seek to reach people in the gospel, if it's teaching them about food or helping them with their home or helping them with their marriage. But don't forget that the, the one thing that they need is they need Jesus to forgive them of their sins. That, that's, that's the one thing. That's the only way that they can be uh, guilt-free from the past and looking forward to the future and knowing that they can face the end of this life confidently because of Jesus. And so as he went to Philippi, he knew um, his message was a simple one. It was the message of the gospel that he was going to give to them. A single message. Uh, now we kind of get to uh, Philippi. Um, in verse 11, and I just, this section, I look at the faith that was found in Philippi. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Somothrice and following uh, day to Neapolis. And if you see that map, it's just following uh, in the water, bumping into these uh, ports and then on, uh, they move, um, I guess it would be northwest. And uh, as they as they went, in verse twelve it says, and and from there to Philippi, which is the leading uh, city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, uh, we remained in this city some days. So they made it there. 
Um, Philippi uh, was a, is debated whether it means leading city means the most significant or maybe kind of uh, important uh, entryway into Macedonia, important uh, pathway to what's going on in Macedonia, where he was called to. And it says that they, when they made it to Philippi, they stayed some time or some days there. It wasn't just a short visit. It was a longer visit, uh, is Paul's point. And then you see uh, faith. He finds faith. And I want to say, uh, say it that way, that he finds faith because Paul didn't grant anybody faith. Uh, they didn't go out and get faith. The work of God happened and faith was found. And, and granted and given by God to individuals in Philippi. And uh, here's how it goes. Uh, verse 13, And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we uh, supposed that there was a place of prayer. Okay? And so uh, we, had just, we had just heard that it was a Roman colony. And in Rome especially, uh, Rome was not interested in being Jewish. They weren't interested in it at all. In fact, uh, it was um, kind of a, a stubborn tolerance that Rome had uh, for the Jews. That they were like, yeah, you can do that foolish stuff, but just don't make a mess of this place. You know, We have better things and more important things. We're all about Caesar. Uh, we're all about uh, us building strong communities that we can really worship ourselves. And so the Jews were kind of, I don't want to say a thorn in their side, but they weren't a part of this Roman colonization. But they were tolerated. And so what they would do often is they would, if there was a Roman colony, a Roman city, they would put them outside the city. They would let them, hey, go ahead and worship outside the city. Just don't mess up the center of the city, right? Uh, they would want to push them out. And apparently uh, there weren't that many of them. Uh, even the term uh, place of prayer uh, is kind of a, a lesser thing, a lesser thing than a synagogue. Lesser. It was like less significant. And many times because of the um, sacrifices that they would do, they'd place them by a river. By a river. Okay, so you get this picture. Outside of town, uh, they're going. It's the Sabbath. And they go outside the river, uh, outside the town by the river, to the place of prayer. And it says, And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. Uh, it doesn't say anything about men. In fact, uh, part of a synagogue was that there would be ten or more men uh, there. And so maybe this was a small handful of ladies uh, that gathered together. Um, verse 14, it says this, One who heard us was a woman named Lydia uh, from the city of Thyatira. A seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. Uh, we have a, at least one beautiful little Lydia in our church. Um, and what uh, is described here in this sentence is that she was a, a follower of the Jewish God, the God of the Old Testament, and that uh, most likely she was not Jewish by birth, that she had been a follower because of her name and the uh, situation she was from. She was probably wealthy in that this purple, uh, seller of purple fabric or so, uh, was very um, 
very expensive. And so uh, she would have most likely been wealthy. Uh, and yet it says that she was a worshiper of God. Uh, she followed after the God of the Old Testament. Uh, but she didn't know about Jesus. She didn't know about him. And so as she's worshiping the best she can to the most she understands, you see Lydia uh, worshiping God as best she can. And it says in the middle of verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And then verse 15, it says, and after she was baptized, she trusted in Christ. That the, the Messiah that she had most likely heard of in the Old Testament and longed for, she now knew who he was. Her hope had found a, a resting place in Jesus and that she responded in faith and, and was baptized. And so you, you look at what's going on in Philippi. Lydia's going on in Philippi. His birthday for Lydia. She came to know Christ. She was baptized. Um, what a beautiful thing. And as we have baptisms here, we rejoice. We rejoice that uh, ones who, who have finally put it together as best they can, trusting in Jesus, they come and, and they're marked by it. They're marked by it. And the people who are watching are marked by it, that they are Jesus' child. Uh, they have been saved from their sins. It's interesting, and I want to point this out over and over again because it's in this passage. It says this in verse 15. And this is a, a separate point. So Lydia comes to know Christ. Okay. And then it says this, and her household as well. Okay. I want to point something out to you because I think it's important. Um, how does the gospel spread? How does the gospel spread? <coughs> well, uh, you're saying, well, Kevin, missionary journeys, you know. I got this line going through my Bible and this, you know, and there's other ones. And we know about missionaries here, you know. We have people Southeast Asia and Russia and uh down south of the border. Like we, we have people out sharing the gospel and and that's that spread that's going on. That's how that goes. And I want to say, but no, but how does it go through a city? How how does the gospel how does it go? And how does uh one person come to know Christ and then who's the next person? I want to tell you. Most of the time, most of the time, one person comes to know Christ in a family, and then it spreads, it spreads in a household. And uh, this word household, we don't really know if it uh, it's all the crazy family at Thanksgiving. You know who I'm talking about. You, can, you all have your thanksgiving you know you think of your family gathering together and uh the spread we don't know if he's talking about that that group the extended family uh or if he's talking about those who live in the home and the servants uh, connected to them but but it's this idea that it's spreading it's spreading and it's spreading to the household it's spreading through family and i want to tell you as parents and grandparents guess what the greatest mission field that you have the most obvious one are the ones who share your last name, who you meet with at Thanksgiving, who you get Christmas presents from and give, the ones that are with you. And so uh, sometimes we go, oh, I, you know, 
I know who the Lord wants me to share with. How about your husband? How about your wife? How about your kids and your grandkids? How about your sisters and your brothers? How about your parents? You know, the, as as faith comes to one, it's a window into the house. And I don't want to just sound pragmatic because God is not just uh, it's not just something you can do. God's going to work. But uh, I, I want to tell you, as faith comes to you, you should get excited that God is most likely wanting to reach your whole family with the gospel. He wants to use you. And so you see this picture for Lydia comes to know Christ. It's not done there. It's not done. I want to tell you that uh, your salvation is meant to impact others with the gospel as well. The important picture. It's not just stopping with you. It's going on from you as well. Lydia's household. We move on to verse 16. Uh, as we were going, uh, as we were going to the place of prayer, uh, we were met by a slave girl uh, who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She, uh, she followed Paul and us, crying out, uh, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Which, by the way, that's not a bad like thing to say. Uh, but, but get this in your mind. So you can say it this way. She was demon-possessed. She was possessed. And she was a slave girl. And she was being used by her owners to make money by telling people's fortune and using this demonic power um, that would freak anybody out, but she was using it for money for them, okay? And so she sees Paul and the others, and she starts following them and yelling out, yelling out as they go, uh, who they are. Uh, and uh, Paul doesn't seem very receptive to her ministry, you know, uh, as you look at this passage, it says uh, in verse 6, she didn't have a bad message, but verse 18, it says this. Um, and she kept doing for many days, uh, kept doing this for many days. Uh, Paul having become greatly annoyed. There it is. Spiritual annoyance right there, right? Uh, uh, preachers get annoyed sometimes. Not this one, but... Um, <laughs> became greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus to come out of her. And it came out of, came out that very hour. Okay. And so as a display of a miracle, uh, Paul <laughs> turns around, casts out the demon from this girl, and it stops. It stops. And I want to tell you this. Uh, it doesn't say this in the passage. But I believe that slave girl came to know Jesus. Came to know Jesus. The power of God working in her to draw her to herself and to cause her to change from being demon-possessed to being his very own. We don't have confirmation of that, but I want you to get this. So we have Lydia, Lydia's household, and now this slave girl. These are the ones we know about. We don't know about all of them, but these are the, the ones we know about that are recorded for us, okay? Um, and then uh, it goes to verse 19. And everyone rejoiced. It says, and everyone rejoiced because of what Paul did and 
everyone came to faith and everyone was happy that this demon girl was free. That's not what it says. That was what we would assume to be said. But verse 19 says this, but when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought uh, them to the magistrates, these they said, these men, uh, my notes are a lot longer. Um, these these Jews, uh, they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept our, our or accept our practice. The crowd joined in in attacking them and the magistrates and tore their garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had afflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison and ordered the jail. Um, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called um, for the lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him in his house. And it took him the same hour that night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them uh, into the house and set set food before them. And he rejoiced along uh, with his entire household that he had believed in God. Just a few things I want to point out. They were ruining the city. That was the perspective of those who were leaders, they were ruining the city. Um, they didn't get a great reception. In fact, they were arrested and beaten. Um, and, you know, questioning the Lord's will, right? Uh, God, I, I'm feeling like we made a wrong turn here. This whole Macedonian call, maybe maybe it wasn't the guy from the right, maybe I got the wrong city here, wrong region. Uh, you say, well, it's all these things that things aren't going so well. It doesn't matter if it's going so well. What matters is the the end. By the way, they had a singspiration. Did you catch that there? Uh, uh, those of you who are older, you remember having singspirations gathering together. They did. It just didn't happen to be at church. It was in the jail, right? They were singing and they were worshiping. And uh, and it says that the jailer was listening. The the, the people who were watching, they were going, what's going on in there? And they were, they were fascinated by it. They were listening in. Undoubtedly, Paul, Paul knew that. Uh, and as you look at this, you, you hear, uh, they were ruining the city. They were arrested, beaten. Uh, and then the open prison doors and the, the jailer says, I'm going to take my own life because I know this is what's coming to me anyway. It's ruined to me. I'm going to kill myself. And in the end result, what does he say? What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the jailer gets saved. 
And guess what? Did you catch it? Household, family as well. Once again, God calls one and then he uses that one to go reach the family, the household, the the rest of them. It's the spread of the gospel. And I just want to say it this way. uh, Voila. A church. Church. Voila. You know, it's the French word. I had to look it up. Said it all my life, but you know, there it is. There it is. There's the church. There. Where's how did the church at Philippi come about? Voila. You got Lydia. You got Lydia's family. Probably got the slave girl. You got the jailer. And you got the jailer's family, and a bunch of others that heard the gospel through various means, and they became the church at Philippi. They didn't all have the same background. They just all had the same Savior. And they were called to be the church at Philippi. And that's for you and me too. We are called to be the church in Tatchman. Four things real quickly. Uh, First one is this. God sends His gospel in people. God sends His gospel in people. There's very few. uh, Paul may be the only one, actually. Uh, that God sends His gospel through anything other than uh, through people. You, you look at this and you, you realize that uh, God is using people to reach people with His message. God sends His gospel in people. Uh, secondly, God saves people. Uh, there's bumps in the road. Uh, there's seeming failures. But... This missionary journey was not a failure because they got thrown in prison. This wasn't a a missions failure because they didn't get to go to those other cities that they had talked about, but they were, they were stopped. This was a a successful mission because God saves people. Um, and thirdly, I just say this, God, God multiplies the gospel in people. For his church to continue to do the work. Um, if people are coming to know Christ or know Christ and they're in a church, it's because God has bigger plans than just their life. He, he's wanting the church to do the work in that area, uh, to reach out past uh, their meeting and past their number for others as well. And then lastly, I'd just say this we are a church. We are a church. And so as you see what Paul, uh, the work that God did through Paul in Philippi, you can say, well, we're going to learn about Philippi and what God wanted them to do. We probably are supposed to do some similar things here in this very place. We are a church. And so I'm excited to go through this study with you as we go through the book of Philippians. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for good news of your gospel, uh, forgiveness of sins. and. God, we ask that you would um, help us to see our role in the church, uh, that we would not just be recipients of uh, your grace and blessing, but that we would be given life that we might serve you. God, help us in understanding that. We pray this in Jesus' name.